the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. I am Danny Smith. I'm Ben South. Glad to have you joining us in the conversation today. Yeah, it's always good to uh, join you this week. And Ben, how's your week treating you so far? It's been a good week. Uh, You know, we always talk weather, it seems, weather or sports. And it's been another crazy Arkansas weather week because last weekend we were looking at freeze warnings and today it's in the mid-70s. So it's it's the multiple personalities of Arkansas weather. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. (laughs) Wait five minutes or maybe not even that long and it'll change and... Yeah, that's always the fun time. So I think that's everywhere. But yeah, you know, it's been out here too as well. And yeah. uh, you know, we definitely have more cold, cold weather uh, starting now than warm up. But it's been nice. Yeah, I can't complain. It's been uh, one of those weeks where uh, we can get outside and still get up uh, and hike a little bit. So we'll take those days as long as we can out this way. That's right. But it's been a good week of ministry. We've had. Uh, some good uh, ministry opportunities just in our congregation, people who've been coming to our church and joining our church. And I actually had an opportunity today to go out to a lunch meeting with a a ministry here in our, our area that deals with addiction recovery. A great ministry we support. Maybe we'll talk about that on a later episode. But um, it's been a good week. Now, I had some interesting things happen this week, and maybe this is where we'll dive into the conversation. I had uh, a couple that joined our church recently, and one of them is coming and he d- has never been baptized or had believer's baptism by immersion. Um, and so we had to have some conversations and came by the office and talked before they came to the altar. And we're still going to have some future conversations. And we've had these type of conversations with people who come to our church through the years, and it's regularly. Um, but I thought maybe we'd talk about how do we handle some of those maybe short really spiritually important moments in the lives of church members at the time of the invitation, maybe in the hallway, those times when we can really have a moment of genuine and uh, deep spiritual impact, but we don't have a lot of time to think and plan about it. And we really don't know a lot of warning until it's time to do something. So how do we handle those situations? Uh, does that make sense, Danny, what I, how I explain that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, some of those unscheduled times of people asking impromptu questions and generally um, questions that uh, I I don't say you're not ready for, but maybe just take you by surprise a little bit. And you're like, oh, right here in this moment in this hallway where I need to be somewhere else, because I think sometimes our schedule is so hurried where we're rushing from leading one type of ministry. Maybe you got things ready for a small group or uh, maybe kids ministry and you're rushing to something else and someone legitimately has a spiritual crisis that they want to talk to you about. So yeah, those moments are special, but they can also, uh, if we're not careful, uh, we can miss them or we can just uh, maybe not handle them the right way. In fact, I, I have kind of a, a that's not funny. I, I shouldn't put it that way, but it definitely caught me off guard years ago. Um, I was getting some stuff ready for a Wednesday night youth event and we had a gentleman uh, visiting our church had been several weeks and I've not really had a chance to have a, a long conversation with him, but had talked to him a little bit. And uh, right across the street from our church was a 
grocery store and it was packed. I mean, it was one of those times where everybody in our town seemed to be in the store trying to check out. And this gentleman worked there. And as I walked around the corner um, with my, uh, you know, thoughts running a thousand different ways, he stopped me and he asked me one of the hardest questions spiritually that I'd been asked. And uh, I'm looking around thinking, okay, right here. And that, boy, that's going to take a lot. So those moments happen inside and outside the church. And I, I would say in that moment, um, I just tried to own it and say, okay, we're just going to talk about this right here, right now. We kind of scooted to the side a little bit. We, you know, talked about it. It, it wasn't by any stretch of the means, a, a, you know, long conversation, but it was a moment where I thought, you know what, I'm going to just stop what I'm doing. And I'm going to talk to this guy as best I know how. I'm not going to give him a perfect answer because it caught me by surprise. But I just did the best I could praying, uh, you know, in my heart, my mind the whole time. But, yeah, I think I think you just got to own that moment right out of the gate. I think that's a good point. And, and a lot of times, even in those situations, when maybe they ask you a question, you know, they just stump you right there. Be honest. It's like, you know, that's a really good question. Let's see if we can't sit down sometime this week and talk about that. I want to make sure I understand your question fully. I want to make sure I understand the issue fully, and I have a really good answer for you versus just making up something right here on the spot. Because, you know, when, when you're preachers and your ministry, you get good at the churchy answers, and you can just reply back, well, this is what I've heard. But that really doesn't answer the question well. And that's when some of those times come up when you can say, hey, and that's a great question. Let's set up a time to talk about that and not try to solve all these big issues about ministry or theological questions in the hallway or in the grocery store even. So uh, I think when some of those questions, when they come up, you just need to be ready to say, hey, good question. I want to talk to you about it. Let's find a time to do that. This isn't it. What do you think about that, Danny? Yeah, no, I agree with you because I kind of wrestled in that moment uh, in that grocery store thinking, yeah, I don't want to just tell this guy something in a cliche manner because, like you said, just kind of giving those churchy answers, um, yeah, it's just not something that in that moment that I knew would be helpful. And it was a legitimate question. You know, sometimes you can you can sort of tell somebody, like, hey, I've been thinking about something. What do you think about this? Versus those times of going, I really need you to help me with this particular subject that I'm about to ask you about. And that was one of those moments. So, yeah, I knew it was a time that, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have all the time in the world, but I did own that moment uh, to try to help him. But, yes, we scheduled, and that was going to be the follow-up, is we did schedule a time where after church one Sunday we talked a lot more in depth about it. It actually it, it actually helped us figure out how to do some invitation stuff a little bit better as well because we thought if this guy has this question, maybe others do. Uh, as well. And so, yeah, there are times you go, you know what, I got to go, I got to look at that. I got to talk about that. Um, and, you know, we live in an information super, what's that phrase? Uh, the super highway. Super, thank you. I thought that was going to be wrong and I didn't want to say it, but yes, an information super highway. I don't even know if people still use that phrase anymore where you can Google and get any answer you want. And so people are getting a lot of different answers. And so, yeah, sometimes you got to go, I got to go look at this. We need to talk about this. Ben, what about those moments, though? I mentioned invitation. Um, I know sometimes in some churches, a multi-staff church, guys like yourself may go down to the front. And at the end of the service, when the invitation is given, you may have people come down 
so it's not a crowded grocery store, but it is a, you know, as the old joke says, there's, there's only so many verses of just as I am. How do you handle those moments? Well, I'll tell you how we handle it and how I handle it typically. You know, the first few times we participated in the invitation time, I was like nervous. Like, I don't remember coming down here and talking to the preacher a whole lot as, you know, a young adult or a child. And what, how do you start this conversation? So I just simply ask, and I just say, hey, how are you? What can I do for you right now? Why are you coming down here at the end of the service? Now, I know a lot of churches don't still have a altar call invitation where you invite people to the front we actually in covid do it in the hallway in distance outside the room we had an invitation time but we could talk more about the whether or not to have an invitation time but we do at our church and when people come to present themselves for membership for prayer and so i just simply start with why are you coming now sometimes we know because we've talked to them or had conversations beforehand but sometimes it's just simply um they just want to pray with you or they're wanting to join the church. And it's the first time you've ever seen this person or met this person. I have like a couple of questions I ask. It's the first, why are you coming? And sometimes I even have to ask them, are you just wanting me to pray for you? It's like, okay, we'll pray. Um, and then I'll just say a, a quick prayer right there. Now, typically what I try to do, I try to have a pen and a piece of paper in my Bible with me while I'm there. And I just make a quick note of, you know, it's it's John and it's an issue with family or with work or whatever. And I'll, to, to remind myself of, to go back and pray. A lot of times when it's that issue, because in the altar, while there's music playing, it's hard to focus and concentrate. I will pray with them a real brief prayer, but typically if I can after the service, for that person, I will seek them out and go back and say, hey, is there more to the story you need to tell me? Uh, let me pray with you again. Um, call me this week. Let me know. And I'll even, if, if it's not that type of situation, I'll even send a text later in the week and say, hey, praying for you still about the situation we talked about Sunday. Just a follow-up to let them know we really do care about that. Uh, so when it's a prayer issue, that's kind of how I handle it. If they're coming to join the church, I then have just a couple of quick diagnostic questions. First, are you a member of a church somewhere else? How are you coming because um, our in our faith family, we, we take members in a couple of different ways by profession of faith and for baptism, by statement of their baptism, or by transfer of their letter. In our family of churches, that's a historically, that's the way most churches have done it. And, and so I ask them, where are you coming from? If they say, well, we're coming to join the church. We were members at such and such church in such and such city. I was like, all right. Sometimes I can tell by the name what kind of church it is. I'll do a quick diagnostic. What kind of church is this if I don't know? And then I'll ask them just a quick question. And I ask every person this when they're coming to be to join our church, whether they're coming from by baptism or transfer of letter or statement or whatever I said, are you right now trust, have you put your trust in Christ for salvation? Is your hope in Christ alone for your salvation? I always ask that diagnostic question. If it's somebody who I know is a, a deacon coming from another church who's moved here from another city or even a retired pastor, I've asked that question to, you know for certain you've put your trust in Christ as Savior. I want to know that for every person who comes as a member. So I always ask that. And then if I'm not sure kind of where they're coming from and their background, sometimes I'll ask, have you been baptized by immersion after you were saved? And just kind of get that diagnostic question. And that's really the extent of the questions I will ask in the altar. 
from there, we'll present them to the church. And if we still need to have conversations, we'll let them know, hey, let's have some more conversations. We'll let you present you to the church um, and let them know you're coming to be a part of our family. And then we'll set up a time to talk. And we'll do that often. And we'll go back and have another conversation with them later in the week. Hey, let's make sure you understand what we believe. We know where you are and kind of help you walk through this as you become a member of our church. My opinion is that the altar at the end of the invitation is not the time for a full counseling session. That's not the place. And as you said, well, there's only so many verses to that uh, invitation hymn generally. We can have a brief conversation. There are times if somebody comes, you can tell they're just emotionally, they need some pastoral care at this moment. That's more than you can just do right here in a timely manner. Um, we'll have several pastors usually there because I serve on a multi-pastor staff. And we'll just take that person out to a counseling room, a classroom that's near our sanctuary. We'll grab, if it's a woman, we'll grab another lady to come with us. Um, but we'll go and we'll just sit and talk with them. I've brought people um, back to my office from time to time to, to sit and we'll have an in-depth conversation at that moment. But we don't have that out there in front of everybody while there's other distractions going on and people are standing around wondering what's going on. So that's that's a really quick overview of the way we basically handle um, our invitation times. What's your experience been, Danny? You know, we've uh, we've kind of taken the similar approach to that. Those times that I did invitation, you know, the uh, most recent church I pastored, it was myself and our uh, student minister slash associate pastor down front. And yeah, we would have people. And I think some of it's changing. I don't know how it is there at your church, but I think it's even changing people necessarily wanting to walk down front to express those things. I think some of it's like, hey, can I meet with you this week? Or could I talk to you after the service? But yeah, handle in much the same way. And I think a couple of things I would um, take away from from what you were saying, and and I think this goes to what we've talked about so far, is using these opportunities to to find other times and other ways to connect with these members or potential members of these folks, so that you can have a more in depth conversation. You know, not just going. Hey, I talked to them for five minutes. That's all they get. I've got to move on to the next thing. Ministry can be so hurried. We can be going in so many different directions that we forget. Um, I shouldn't say we forget. We just tend to, you know, get caught up in the busyness that we forget sometimes that it's, oh yeah, it's these people and I need these moments and it's okay if I don't, it's okay if my weekly to-do list, I need to push something back so I can have that longer conversation with that person to figure out, is there more to the story or uh, they were a little wavering in their uh, uh, understanding of, of the gospel. And so, yeah, I like what you said, though. It's not a time for a full on counseling session. And I think I don't know. Do you think sometimes, Ben, that there's this um, there's there's this wrestling, this tension where I need to be really profound right here? Uh, I need to make sure I say this in a really spiritual way or a very pastoral way. And so we might complicate it rather than just going, hey, here's a couple of simple questions to ask. And this is going to help us know which direction to go. I don't know if that makes sense either, but sometimes, I don't know. I heard Francis Chan one time talk about people sounding so profound that he was like, I don't really have anything to say, you know, and, <laughs> and I think we can feel that way sometimes. Well, and I think when people are hurting, they're really not looking for profound answers. They're looking for hope and they're looking for somebody who cares. And that, I mean, that'll wrap up a lot of the things they're looking for, no matter what situation 
Um, and we can offer that in simple phrases, simple prayers. You don't have to be theologically profound in those moments. You don't have to have just the newest or the you don't have to have the the best phrase at the moment that's just going to change everything for them. Just love them. Go, take their name to Jesus. Go go and pray for them. Let them hear you pray for them by name. Um, I think that's important. Just a simple thing. People are okay with what they know. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of the truth we already know. And so in that moment, we can do that. And we can do it through the prayer that we pray for them at that quick moment. Yeah, that tension sometimes. And I think when we're trying to recruit people, so maybe you're in a, a church where you're the only staff or maybe, you know, you have multiple staff. and That's not something you've done. And you start thinking, OK, let's train people to maybe help us with this, whatever the case may be. And I think that could be some of the tension is reminding them, just like you said, people want to know that you care for them. Um, you're there to hear them. You're there to help them. And uh, just keeping it simple and not feeling like you've got to reinvent the wheel every time you say something to someone. Again, it's such an important moment to take and say, you know what, I could put something on the shelf for now because I need to hear what this person is saying and uh, allowing us those opportunities to dig deeper as we can. And so I, I really blew it one time with someone down at the altar. This kid at a youth conference was really pouring his heart out to me and I was really having trouble hearing. The music was a little loud, and I know I sound old saying that. It was a little loud. It was lots of people, and I was picking up bits and pieces, and I was thinking, man, I, okay, just, you know, I'm just going to pray for this kid. And so I start praying for him, and I'm using his name, and we get to the end of it. He goes, by the way, my name's not whatever I was calling him, <laughs> you know? And so, so that was what I was going to say. I always have that fear. I'm not going to remember the name. And so it's like, Lord, I pray for this brother that you yeah, would just, that's, you know? that's exactly right. I, I pray for my friend right now. So this family that's coming to join us. Yes. Um, so there's those generic uh, titles yes. we can use. That, you're just going exactly to have right. to do it at sometimes. So when you have somebody come up to you, because this happens all the time for anybody who's on staff, I'm sure it's happened to me for the last 20 years. I know they come up and say, "Hey, would you pray for me about this?" I was like. You know, what I've learned when that happens in that moment, I say, you know, I probably won't remember. Let me pray for you right now. And I'll pray for him. I said, okay, now send me a message. Send me a text. Send me an email to remind me. And I'll get that on the prayer list. Now, I usually try to make a note and jot it down. But I, I'm always encouraging them to give me another notification so I'll remember it. Because I, I'm prone to forget. I'm going to go on to that next person who's going to tell me something. I'm going to get busy. And it's going to get lost in the jumble of everything that happens at church, in the hallway, and and before and after a service. So my um, when I was doing my internship, I may have shared this thought before, but the pastor I was working with, he told me this, and I've never forgotten. He said, the faintest ink is always better than the finest memory. And so I always try to write stuff down, even if I just, you know, jot a quick note on a bulletin. I try to keep a little notebook with me to keep those kind of notes in. I don't always have it, but, but we can... Just remind those, put, give ourselves those reminders. And then I always ask them, hey, shoot me a text, shoot me an email, remind me uh, about this so I don't forget. Yes, I am a huge fan of writing it down. And now, you know, with stuff like our phones, we can even do a quick message on our phone. And I try to keep a pen and pad and something to write it down on, just a piece of paper. And uh, 
hey, maybe that's why old school bulletins are still good because they can just be used uh, in a moment's notice. But even with your phone, don't be afraid to set reminders. Don't be afraid to just put that stuff. We're, again, probably telling you stuff we don't know. But, uh, yeah, I know those times that I've thought, okay, what did that person talk to me about or what were they trying to express? Being able to write that down is going to help in so many ways. And, again, it goes back to the idea we can get so hurried, we can move on to the next thing. Just take a moment write it down, try to remember um, so that you can better pray and disciple and minister to those people moving forward. I can't tell you how many times I have uh, sent myself an email in the hallway at church just to remind myself of something. I don't even put anything in the body of the email, just in the memo line there is this. And so I see it on Monday when I get back to the office to remind. So that's an easy tool that you can use to remind yourself of those important things you do need to remember. Yeah, because, you know, being at the end of the day, um, even though we do have to-do lists and schedules and meetings and planning and agendas and budgets and all that stuff, at the end of the day, it's about people seeing uh, Christ formed in their life. And we get the uh, pretty amazing opportunity to be a part of that. And so in those moments, whether in the hallway or at Kroger or at the end of the service, they can be springboards for um, greater conversation and greater Uh, times of ministry together. And uh, I think that's something that I need to remember. And, you know, sometimes we're going to get people's names wrong and it's amazing how gracious people can be. Well, we thank you for listening in to Chair 2 Leaders this week. Hope you'll catch us next time. Hope you have a great week and God bless. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.